0: Welcome to the Drunk Guys Book Club, where books aren't just for school, where book clubs aren't just for women, and we have no patience for
1: bad beer. I'm Mike. I'm Nate. I'm Jimmy. And we're the Drunk Guys. And this week we are reading The English Patient by Michael Ondachi. I had to, I looked up how to say it. Ondachi. Ondachi. Yeah, yeah. Whatever his fucking name is. Uh, and starting with a beer for me, I'm having a Finback beer called Acid Green, which is a triple... A double dry hop triple IPA. It's a ten percent alcohol beer. Dry hop with Sabro, Cryo, Blanc, Columbus, Azaka, and Belma. And uh, it sounds it like you speak. just
2: made up a bunch of syllables right there.
1: That's a lot. It's basically what it did. <laughs> I think hops. Uh, and I'll tell you how it connects later. It is a fantastic triple IPA. Like nice sweet flavor, balanced out with all the you know juicy hop flavors. A lot of citrus and piney notes. It's really quite excellent. Finback has continued to deliver some banging IPAs. I'll explain what it has to do with the book in a minute. But we should point out that this book is actually the first, hopefully, of many of our Patreon poll winners. It won a hundred percent of the vote,
2: and it also it also won by one vote.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Only <laughs> one vote.
2: There you go. You get in early. You get to dictate the terms. So, props props to you. We voter. have more than one patron,
1: but not everyone voted. That's one of the issues with democracy, I guess. <laughs> Uh, it's a free country, you don't have to this vote This is a
2: very American election, half the people didn't vote It's just, vote.
0: <laughs> one of the reasons why it's, stu- why, why it's stupid to not vote is because then we have to read the English patient.
1: <laughs> yeah, I would have, there are many things I
2: would have preferred to read to this it turns out I don't know if you meant this as a punishment, but if so, well done That might be, yeah, actually I can see somebody voting for that
1: reason I don't know. So, if you want to sponsor us on Patreon and get to vote in future ones, we'll have another one up there soon. Uh, please do just go on over to Patreon dot com slash Drunk Book Club, and uh, you you could you could throw some some flip our way, and then you get to vote for books, and you get shouted out like these cool individuals, Vincent and Lucas.
2: So we should say go, guys. that for for this vote, it was between uh four or five World War Two books because this episode will. Mark near the end of, or the anniversary, not the actual end. That was a long time ago. The anniversary of the end of World War II. In Europe. In Europe. Yeah, the real war.
1: (laughs) (laughs) We are still recording in quarantine due to the COVID-19 crisis. So.
2: Luckily, none of us yet
0: are patients. Ooh. But But we are
2: at total war with viral outbreaks. Though I might have... Preferred
1: to get coronavirus than read this book. It turns out because it
2: really sucked hard. I mean, for someone our well, age,
1: it, yes, but maybe not. And I have underlying health conditions. <laughs> <laughs> have it's called, but, called being drunk. Uh, yeah. That's well. That's conditions. That's one of them. All right. So the English patient came uh, wait, out. And, wait, wait. Just said Oh yeah. What? When did it come out? Go ahead. Um, go ahead. I know. I, no, I it's don't the, know. The nineties. Shaking it's my confidence. Ninety four. It won the Booker. And then it was made into a really long, shitty movie that nobody liked—or actually, everybody liked. <laughs> except Elaine yeah, on Seinfeld. I
2: fucking love those movies. That movie, I've never
0: seen it, yep. and now I don't want so to. So I watched the very beginning of it this morning. Ninety-two is the book. This morning, this morning, wow! Uh, getting ready for this, and just I only just watched the very beginning, and in the opening credits, it said, "Oh, a Harvey Weinstein film."
1: Yeah. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> uh I didn't really get that far. That age well. Mm-hmm. It was a huge like movie. The book is from 92. The movie came out in 96 and was a huge blockbuster film. Like people fucking loved it. It had a, you know, Ray Fiennes. Everyone in the world has heard of it. It made like 10 times its budget at the box office. So it was a huge success. Um, and I only really, I never watched it, but I remember there was an episode of Seinfeld where Elaine was the only person who didn't like it. And everyone was just like, you got to see the English page, and it's amazing. She's like, "I really? Yeah, it's kind of boring. And she's, like, got in trouble with her boss for not liking it and shit like that. So that's what I always associate it with. Having never seen it, I'm with Elaine. Yep. So it also won the Booker when it came out in 92. I think it tied that year with something, but whatever. And it won the Golden Booker. Uh, a couple years ago, which I guess was like the Booker of Bookers or something booker like that. Booker squared. There,
0: there, was a, there was an o- online poll or there was a poll of like the most of every, you know, you could vote for your favorite Booker winner of the last, I mean, how many Bookers are there? 50 years or 25? I there was uh, a, it started was in bi-
1: 1969. So, so it was about a, 50, so it was 50, but they've been a tie years. year.
0: So it was 51 options. 51 options and this book won.
2: Is it? Did it win because this is pretty much the one that most people would have read of that list? So actually, I'm looking at the shortlisted books, which I, I think between us, we've read them
1: all. It was In a Free State by V.S. Naipaul, which I did read, and Moon Tiger by Penelope Lively, which I read too, and neither of those really left a big impression on me, honestly. Then The English Patient, then Wolf Hall, and then Lincoln and the Bardo where the, was the shortlist.
2: I think most common people, if they had voted, would not have read most of those. But if you're a book nerd, those are some big name books, especially Wolf Hall's huge. I haven't heard of those out of the three.
1: The other ones were from like nineteen seventy one, nineteen eighty seven. So it, it kind of looks like they picked one from every decade, whether that was on purpose or not. That's how it ended up. Yeah. Uh, Maybe they did like brackets. Yeah, probably. But anyway, the well, This one, I would. Pref- the I didn't. I haven't read Wolf Fall, but I read the other ones, and um, I prefer any one of them to this. Actually.
2: Okay.
0: Yeah, I would prefer the Testaments to this a million times.
1: Oh yeah. Absolutely, I would prefer like. Life of Pi, that won the Booker. I'd take that yeah, over this. Yeah, that was good. I'd take a lot of books that didn't win the Booker over this. <laughs> I would take Ask Goblins of Auschwitz over this. <laughs> I don't know about that.
0: Yeah, that uh, might be going a little bit too far. I would definitely bear, take Bear. Bear definitely. Yeah. Oh well. Be Haven't out. read cool. Cows
1: yet, so we'll see if that makes the list. Oh, that's gonna happen soon, gentlemen. I cannot wait. Uh, so let's move I can. on and. Uh, talk about the plot, which is weird. Part of the issue, my criticism, I guess, of the book is it was kind of hard to follow. Well, it's, it's really it's very dreamy, right it, 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 and it drifts into and out of memory, and you're not sure who's narrating sometimes, and you, it's totally out of order, so you're just like, I don't really fucking know who's, what's going on right now. I also, that, I that also spent first the first
2: half of the book thinking that everybody was Italian, and they're a fucking <laughs> Canadian. Yeah, how many Canadians are there named Caravaggio?
1: Yeah, that was—I mean—ridiculous. I think they do at one point. The author says he was like, improbably named or something like that. He's like it's it had a crazy, ridiculous <laughs> name. He even points it out. Like, has, so the, t- the book takes place, mo- like the current action is in 1945 in Italy, in this bombed-out villa in a part where the war has kind of ended, right? Like the yeah, Allies have marched north, and They're basically, the Italians, just mopping up. yeah. Uh, People are just kind of surviving there, waiting for shit to end finally. And in this villa, in the beginning at least, there is a um, the the titular English patient who does not know who he is, and um, he 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 might he's he's
2: being cryptic about it. I don't know. He's
1: a real he's a real douchebag, and and his his condition he has a condition
2: that I have a beer for.
1: Oh, also, oh, yeah. Well, my beer comes in for his condition, too.
2: Okay. Well, he is covered. Well,
1: well we, we kind of both probably apply, but he's covered in burns. Like He's like a f- French fry. Oh, yeah. A- and they talk about how he was saved by the Bedouins, and they had, you know, vials of weird unguents and shit like that, and they made emoluments or whatever. emollients That's the word? To Not emoluments. emollients That's the word, you know. Tiger balm in the middle of the desert to to heal him, and uh, at least one of those things must have been
2: green acid, and that's where I picked acid green as a beer for this. Well, my 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 one beer for this episode is uh, it's a collaboration between Interborough and Finback. Ooh! It is a Hellas Lager. That's what it says on the yeah. front, anyway. I don't know what that means, but it is called a Two style. Crispy Buoys them. because the English version <laughs> is One Crispy Boy.
0: <laughs> he definitely is. So he was uh, shot down. He was a he was a pilot. That's all we know in the beginning. And then he was shot down, and his plane was on fire, and it crashed in the desert. And he's like basically covered in third degree burns, like head to toe, but lived somehow.
1: Uh, Jimmy's face is very weird. Hellas is a German style, and it's malty. Yeah, so it's kind of a that's... big difference for Finback. They're really hop forward brewers. As is Interbrew. I mean, they kind of. They kind of do the same thing. A lot of IPAs and a lot of stouts.
2: This, this tastes like almost nothing at all. I think it's probably close to a Pilsner. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's 5%. It's a, a, a lager, so it's, it's not bad, but it's, it's so unobjectionable that I couldn't find anything to even say about it. It's a weird thing to collaborate on to end up at nothing. It's like, hey, do you want to add one hop? I think we'll do one hop. Yeah, <laughs> I don't even know if there is a hop in this. <laughs> there are definitely hops. I mean, there it definitely it tend- is. But it, it honestly, it tastes like, like when you're physically actually have it in your mouth, ha ha ha. Uh, you can kind of there's a little bit of flavor, but when it's gone, there's nothing. It's like it's like a ghost beer. That sounds about, about right. But it is a there-
1: crispy boy. There you go. So we yes, don't know this is. guy's, and he claims to be English, hence the English patient.
2: Also, I want to notice: I wrote down on uh, page two. I took a note of this, and she's taking care of him. He's in his bed being cared for. The nurse, the nurse. His, his
1: his dick looks like a seahorse. Yeah, is that what you're going to talk the about?
2: penis <laughs> sleeping like a seahorse,
1: <laughs> sleeping, capable of bearing children if it needs yeah. to. Storing <laughs> storing it in the sack. They're like the kangaroos of the sea of the penis. <laughs> I, that was a. I remember that really vividly. I was like, "What? That is that's that's the best you
2: could come up with to describe his beta." Like it's like it's wrapped around something in the current? I don't, know, I don't know what that means. <laughs> it's like kind of spiny, looking. <laughs> <laughs> and it has a little tail, a little, I don't know. little funny webbed ears. <laughs> well, maybe it's like it's like black and textured because of all the burns.
1: Ew. And it's all shriveled up. Yeah, she should have said she should have said shrimp. Like that would have been a much more evocative image. Well, it's not shriveled it's not up, curled up like an elephant's trunk. I don't know. I've never seen a third degree burn dick. True. I stop myself at second degrees <laughs> always when I'm into <laughs> burn porn. It's
2: <laughs> not for me. About like an Indian burn. I just give those to
1: myself when <laughs> when I'm alone. That's the only way I could really feel alive. <laughs> You know, like that thing you do where you just take Purell and put it all over your balls so you could feel alive. I just You just coat it and then it's like oh, hot, 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 hot. Of, and then you walk around for a while. Oh, Bengay too. <laughs> Bengay on the balls. I've actually did that on accident once because I was Bengaying like my back and then I didn't wash my hands very well. Fortunately, I learned how to wash my hands from this coronavirus shit <laughs> at thirty thirty three 33 years old. <laughs> But then I like, you know, went to scratch my balls as I do every 90 seconds. And I was like, oh, oh, oh,
2: <laughs> oh no. It's in the it's crevices. Happening.
1: I had to like run into the shower and hose off. <laughs> it's
2: horrific.
1: Like this shouldn't this shouldn't be over the counter. This is dangerous. This is this
2: is just as bad as the English patient's burns. That my I got bengay in my
1: sack. It was it was I <laughs> I still wake up in a cold sweat like a like a PTSD veteran. Just, oh, no, not again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> we're talking about a book, right? I really don't know what's it's, it's technically a book.
0: <laughs> well, after that, I definitely need a beer. <laughs> you should have a beer, then. <laughs> all right, so we're going to try...
2: The Royal We. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. <laughs> it is decreed. Just
0: me. <laughs> we, meaning me, myself, and <laughs> I, are going to uh, try... What would... Slips? De La Soul drink. Sloop's uh, Double Dry Hopped Mosaic Bomb New England IPA.
2: Because his skin looks like it's in a lot of little pieces. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, yeah, that's good. Uh, it is a New England IPA with mosaic, and it is 6.5% alcohol.
1: Is that a, uh, a, single, that's a single hop beer?
0: Single hop, yeah.
1: So what do you get from it? Like, what does mosaic taste like?
0: It's in, a, like, a lot of little pieces.
2: <laughs> that might be why they call it that. I mean, you don't fucking call something a mosaic without a reason. It might have a bunch of weird little flavors.
0: I don't know. I mean, it's a very familiar flavor, because we've uh, there are a lot of IPAs with mosaic. Well, my other one's with Simcoe, so when we get to that, I'll compare the two.
1: So I know mosaic tends to have a sort of Fruity flavor, like mango or berry flavors is how it's usually described, but also citrusy and pine get in there often. I would say this one is the, like,
0: juicy pine more flavor.
1: Hmm. I, wouldn't, I wouldn't really say I would taste a ton of mango. No? Yeah. So the nurse is Hannah. She is, like, what, 20? She's 20. Yeah. She has and... stayed
2: behind while the rest of her nursing staff has moved on to be somewhere rest better because she can't leave this guy. Cause he's just a bunch of old skin and if he moves, he'll just die. <laughs> so she says, I'll stay behind and I'll take care of him. And they're like, that's fucking stupid. Just let him die. She's like, no, I'm good. Well, and, but later she's like, but I love him. Yeah. Well, 20 year olds don't know what the fuck they're talking about. <laughs> and like, what are you going to do with that? This old burnt guy? Like, he looks like a molted snake. <laughs> <laughs> he was also played by Ray Fiennes. He played Voldemort. He's just Voldemort shedding his skin. <laughs> he still has no... They burnt his nose off. Yeah. He probably doesn't have a nose. I never saw the movie, so I don't know how he looks in this.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I don't remember. Either. Is he, I think he's just like, like a shroud most of the time, but I don't really... Uh, I, I,
0: no, just a, just a tiny bit. No, he, he, they did some like fancy makeup.
2: To make his skin look a bit like Freddy Krueger. Sweet. Yeah, okay. That works. So, basically, they're stuck in this villa, the two of them. And for reasons I can't remember, the Canadian man, Caravaggio, comes to the villa.
0: And it doesn't really make sense. I don't I don't really remember, like, why he was there. So, But basically... He's there for plot turns reasons. Turns out... Yeah, there for plot reasons. So, Caravaggio is somebody that he's like a family friend of Hannah's back from Canada who like supposedly he like found out who was the random stupid nurse staying there it's like wait a minute I know that person and then that's why he um shows up uh Caravaggio is a thief and he had just recently been caught by the Germans who cut his throat Thumbs off? He had been working as a so spy
2: no for the British intelligence services. Oh, yeah.
0: And yeah, that's right. He was a spy. And so he was caught by the Germans spying on them, sneaking into dinner parties.
2: And, because he kept, saying, uh, he kept saying sorry to everyone, so they found out he was really Canadian. <laughs> <laughs> Dead giveaway. For also, though, legit, since his name was Caravaggio and her name was Hannah, and that could have been anything, and I, they didn't really explicitly say they were Canadian until like a little while in, and they kept talking about growing up in Toronto I seriously thought, like, maybe there's a city in Italy called Toronto, and they just named right. it again. Like, most American cities are stolen. Like, I looked it up, and, like, there's no Toronto. I was like, where are these people from? Because <laughs> I never <laughs> thought it was actually Toronto. Toronto.
1: <laughs> it's like, where, where else are you going to find a guy named, you know, Jacques Caravaggio or Wayne Caravaggio? I don't remember,
2: I don't remember his first name at all. It doesn't matter
1: in the slightest. I'm Not sure he had one. Some... Uh, I'm trying to find out what his name is actually. Maybe
2: his first name was Kara, and his last name was Vaggio. David Caravaggio, which sounds like a shitty magician. It really does. I honestly don't remember them calling him David once. I, I looked it up. I don't know. I believe it. I just don't remember it at all. I didn't read so this the, that long ago.
1: <laughs> no, I just finished it the other day, and it was it was uh, terrible. But he's also, I mean, his interesting part of the story is that he's addicted I know to thumbs. morphine. He's got no thumbs, but like that doesn't really matter at all in the plot. It's just a crazy detail. You're like, oh, that's fucked up. He just holds (laughs) everything like he's praying. Yeah, yeah. I I guess I think is Willem Dafoe play him in the movie. Yes. Yeah. Who's he's got his seahorse dick out and he's just holding it with no thumbs. And they're hanging out doing this like weird threes company thing for a while.
2: Or care about threes company except like he wants to bang the kid. It's two and a halfs company, uh, and she wants to bang the well. Everybody does. Yeah. And then they have a magic fourth person come. Karpal. Kip. Yeah,
1: the the Sikh dude who comes in and they're like, can you grant us wishes? And he's
2: like, no, please stop asking that white people. (laughs) (laughs) And he is a... But he can defuse bombs. He is a Sikh sapper and bomb disposal man. Technician. And so, like the war has pretty much passed this part of the country by, but there's still fucking unexploded bombs and landmines everywhere that the Germans left behind because, because they wanted to fuck people up. Well, they they actually that was the one part of the book I found
1: interesting was all the bomb shit, and they talk about how the ordnance some of it's designed to not explode when it lands or it just doesn't. And then it'll explode
2: when, like, you hit it with your car or you step on it. Or, well, some, some of them, know, the, bomb, the, the the things that set like off the 4, bombs. 4,000-pound bombs. Yeah, they, like, didn't go off. And so if someone, like, walks by it, they'll set it off accidentally without knowing him. And then later in the war, the Germans found that the bombs weren't going off necessarily. And they were being diffused. So they set it up so that they would make an easy diffusal thing happen. And then it was set off to go off an hour after they started diffusing it. So it would kill everyone diffusing the bomb.
0: That's probably true. There's a secret second timing device that is going to go off one hour after you defuse the first timing device, just to
1: fuck with people, just to make people scared. And that's kind of the point of bombing, right? You can, you can, I mean you do want to destroy shit, I suppose, but it's it's isn't the point of total war to like break the enemy? And if they are incapable of even like disposing of the bombs, like no one's going to want to do anything. I wouldn't want to fucking.
0: Well, Go in Europe, uh, in Europe today, they still find unexploded bombs from World War II, just like lying around. There's, or just like in
1: in I think for World War One, even you know, there's still, still shit. There's
2: also thousands of landmines all across all of Africa, just left there that people still step on and they get blown the fuck up and they lose all their limbs.
1: At a certain point, you'd think the bombs. I mean, for today at least, at a certain point, it has to just like. Break or
2: decay. Really. I'm sure some of them do, but a lot of them don't. Maybe they never find the ones that don't blow up or that are that are have decayed to the point where they don't work anymore. Probably, that's fair. Um, so it's, so then they have this strange,
1: you know, r- weird coalition way. of people. There's there's the maybe he's an
2: English guy who's rambling about the desert all the yes, time. Yes, Caravaggio does not believe that he is actually an English patient. He thinks he might be someone else right' because of his spy background or something like so you know, yeah. the English patient
1: claims that he was in I mean they know he was saved by the Bedouins they made the little you know ointments for him in the a bowl with the guy's feet. that was like a weird <laughs> like dude he could have bowls in the desert, but the guy sat you know Indian style on the ground or like monkey style where he made a bowl with his feet and then mixed shit in between his, the soles of his feet. And then the guy was like, I'm, I'm on fire, so you could, you could just put whatever you want on me. And then they eventually drop and because he knew like guns or something, they kept him, or they thought he was valuable. Yeah, the, the, yeah, the Bedouins th- took, they took care to of him, him, and then basically. They, they
2: basically saved him, and then they found out that he knew enough about all the weapons and bullets left behind to teach him how to use them. And they're like, ah, he has served his purpose. And then they left him. But they left him in Italy or something. He's yeah, something they, they, they dropped him off somewhere.
0: No, they dropped him off somewhere with uh, probably the British in North Africa, and then they just took him to a field medic place in Italy. And I, I don't that that part wasn't explained very clear. Almost but nothing. Somehow in this book is made explained his, very He clear. Somehow made his way to like the medical facilities in Italy during the Italian campaign.
1: Like, we can't cure that seahorse, Dick. Sir, so, you're just stuck with that. So, so much of the book
0: is told in flashbacks, uh, and there's a lot from, I mean, there are flashbacks from really everybody. Well, actually, not really from Hannah, come to think of it. Did she really have a flashback? But okay, there's a lot from, there's a, there's a lot from the English um, patient. Yeah. Caravaggio has the least. Yeah, just that first one where he's
1: talking about
0: his, you know, how he got caught.
1: And he was, was pretty, pretty he was, he was like it. crawling around naked. <laughs> Something like, you only he could only rob things when he was naked.
2: Yeah. And, yeah. He was in a party, and then he figured if I if I get naked and wander around, they'll just think I'm a drunk guy. But it didn't work. No,
1: they cut off his thumbs, and they let him go though because they figure he'll lead them back to whoever because they he's know he can't hitchhike.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that is that is fair.
0: Um, he would have a hard time with that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so there are a lot of, a lot of is told in flashbacks in, a lot of it is from the English patient and there's, there's sort of this mystery where, you know, cause the English patient says he doesn't remember who he is, but then he has all of these stories about all this stuff that happened to him, even though he just like, can't remember his name or where he's from,
1: but he remembers all the stuff he did, which I don't know. I found, And, and he carries around thing. his battered copy of Herodotus' histories that he's heavily annotated with all sorts of, like, maps and bullshit. He wants everyone to know he's smart. Well, he's super intelligent, right? And he could speak a bunch of languages. And he was, like, a with the National Geographic Society or something like that. So he says. Just, so he claims, yeah. 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 But... And he has all these...
0: The stories are about basically exploring the Saharan Desert in uh, the 1930s, and they were, like, looking for something. It's almost like... Uh,
1: I, I forget exactly what it was. But he was he was looking for some of the shit in Herodotus' writings. Uh, you know, where is this oasis that they mentioned, or where is this town that nobody knows where this actually... Mm. If it existed, and trying to figure that out. That's what they were doing. It was... They were like uh, the nerdiest grad students you could imagine. They were just, let's find out where this, this cell is. They all wanted well to be is. Indiana Jones. Yeah. There I was a so. bit of that.
2: Plus Nazis. <laughs> like Indiana Jones? <laughs> yeah, I mean, there was an equal amount of Nazis involved. Was there an equal amount of beer? Yes, there was. So this is the beer I
1: have that I'm. I'm sorry I don't get to share with you guys because this is a really good beer. This is from Evil Twin NYC, and it is called Brewers Without Borders. It is a collaboration with American Solera, who was also at um, Pastry Town. Both of them were there. It's an imperial stout brew with vanilla hazelnut coffee and our marshmallow. I don't know what that means. Did they make their own marshmallow? I really don't know. But hazelnut coffee marshmallow. So, cheers. It's 13%. Uh... This hazelnut and coffee is just a, a wonderful pairing. I have no idea where they're from originally in the world, but, but they really go together excellently. So uh, this is delicious, delicious coffee milkshake. And actually, I don't have to share with you, so I don't mind anymore. And Brewers Without Borders, I forgot why, because someone else assigned this.
0: Because he's exploring all through the Sahara, and it doesn't matter where the borders are.
1: All right, yeah, so there's no borders in the desert. It works. It's a good beer.
0: So, um, the English patient, like, tells a lot of stories about his adventures in the desert and looking for stuff and reading Herodotus, but it was especially about these other explorers that were with
1: him. It's mostly about and, this hot
0: lady he knew.
1: But also, yeah, yeah basically, th- the
2: wife... Uh, one, one throwaway of, of line guys. about
1: a tent that has just like a child sex oh no I, I wrote oh, those yeah, I wrote yeah, those yeah, down that's right. I, I
2: have the quotes here it says there is a boy dancing who in this light is the most desirable thing he has seen so he wants to fuck this boy for some reason they don't yeah, say anything kinda... about that and then later on it says I don't remember the context of this but it says there is no boy there are no footsteps when he leaves just the borrowed rags one of the men crawls forward and collects the semen which has fallen on the sand he brings it over to the white translator of guns and passes it to his hands. In desert, you celebrate nothing but water.
1: I remember that passage, and I don't know what's happening. Yeah, I'm just gonna. I'm just I, spent gonna move a, on. I
2: spent a good amount of his book not knowing what the fuck was going on.
1: I think it was on purpose. I think it's meant to be, you know, like. Yeah, one, maybe one of the themes or something is about memory. It, it
2: reminded me uh, a lot of an even less clear Cormac McCarthy book. Wow, that's that's quite a bar because his shit is opaque. <laughs> Yeah. Like there were times it was like I got through a chapter I was like I don't know what just happened. But it did. <laughs> so he tells a lot of stories about and
0: and and uh, several of them are about literally the his best friend's wife who uh, his the other experience I've seen that dude, porno. <laughs> <laughs> about he's he's fucking his best friend's wife but they're trying to hide it from him but then the guy like kills himself, and then they try and, like, escape from the desert. He kills they, himself,
2: like, but he's trying crash. to kill the both of them at the same time.
0: But he fucks yeah. it up. Because the, they do a lot of their exploring by airplane, because they have these, like, sort of, like, almost World War I-era biplanes that they're flying around over the desert to, like, look for stuff. And they, like, somehow, there's a lot of trouble with them. I don't know what it is. But eventually
2: he But the know, woman dies, dies. But it, but the, he she lives she lives with the crash and he takes her out of the crash and he hides her in a cave and says, I'll come back for you. But then I mean they don't really explain she, it for a long time. She's already dead at that point by the time she, she's in I, the cave, I, think, I thought she was alive.
1: No, she's but dead she's as shit. isn't she like horribly burned? I feel like I feel like she's very she, badly
2: injured. They're both they're both fucked up. She is still alive when he leaves her in the cave and says, I'll come back for you. And then he says, I'll be right bear back and she he gets captured by someone, and then he doesn't end up going back for for three years, and he finds her body there, and then he fucks her dead body.
1: D- <laughs> did that actually happen? Minus actually that last dead part. body, no. I don't know. That
2: fucking happened. No. He like paints
1: her with makeup and shit like that. He fucks you know, that dead had, body. He had, he had I don't know. know. I guess she's preserved from that. the cave or something, but Didn't well, she's probably des- just desiccated, you know, from desert
2: desert wind. She's it's it's a really dry old box now. You <laughs> when he. He goes yeah, for yeah. it, but he, I mean, he he fucks it. He fucks his dead lady. This is a weird book. It's a weird book. Yeah, All right. I only know this because I read this. I read this in the summary. So
0: as I was about to say, <laughs> one of the themes is regret.
2: Does he regret? Mm, I would does say he regret that, or does he not <laughs> regret that?
0: <laughs> well, that I was going to ask that question, but uh, oh, so many of the stories are uh, that everybody is saying of, not only of memory but of not just feeling sad about what's happened in the past, but like regretting the things that have happened in the past. Like I wish I hadn't done that or
1: I'm feel, I wish I learned how to fly that plane. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> I wish I hadn't crashed that plane and like killed everybody.
2: Don't regret fucking that deadly know, in the cave. Though. And
0: especially <laughs> the, the nurse, <laughs> the nurse Hannah saying like how she, it's
2: I like mean, maybe regret requ- isn't quite the
0: right, isn't quite <laughs> the right word for it but she's very much like i hate this war you know after she all of her, her father dies hates, that's know, the big thing for her father dies but also the memories of all the soldiers that she took care of and all of their like horrible injuries and, and some of them she like took
1: care of you know like there's yeah mhm she did that i think she had an she had an abortion or she lost a child yep and she she had an abortion that too it's one of the nice things about fucking a dead lady you don't have to worry about getting her pregnant <laughs> You're, like, you're safe. you could just in that. It's unless fine. You, unless you get a ghost baby. <laughs> ghost <laughs> baby.
0: <laughs> the soldier that Hannah was sleeping with uh, and thought she was probably going to marry or something like that, he went and died. So she said, I just, she doesn't say the word abortion, but she had to have an abortion. She's like, I can't keep that
1: thing. You're right. Regret is there. I mean, the other, <laughs> Caravaggio definitely regrets losing his thumbs. That's got to be really inconvenient. He gives that two thumbs down. but i felt like regret was a thing for the like it didn't i I was looking is there some like these characters are really different from each other you know like disparate what was linking them together besides i guess their experience is regret the thing that links them together because like caravaggio doesn't really regret much but he's like a morphine addict thumbless bastard so he probably should regret some stuff and kip doesn't really regret his bomb disposing days, does he?
2: No, he loved it. He, yeah, it was like he had a really best good part of time. The book. From what I've read about this book when I was reading about it, so I could figure out what the fuck was even going on, uh, a big theme is the, the sense of uh, nationlessness, if that's even a word, where they're all like from other places, but they all did stuff elsewhere. Like, English patient, spoiler, isn't really English. Kip is Indian, but works for seek? the English. So he's an outsider. He's an outsider even there, but he also works for the English, even though his brother is in jail for rebelling against the English. And the two Canadian slash Italians are now in Italy. So, like, they're all, all thrown together in this foreign place, doing stuff for just themselves, and what does it mean to be, like, from any place does it mean anything, I don't, and shit like that. That's what I've read. I, if I had just read this book and not read anything about it, I wouldn't have picked up on that.
1: Well, I I did notice um, Kip's like otherness was important, right? When in his sections, which I, I think I've already said, but really are the only parts of the book I enjoyed reading was his stories uh, about bomb camp when he learned how to dispose of bombs with the eccentric British, you know, rich guy and all his friends. How, up. But like you know, even start the the interview phase where they all had to do a a you know a test and an interview and whatever. Everyone looked at him differently because he was the one Sikh dude and the rest were a bunch of white guys and he felt outside of everything always. He felt like he was not involved. I think belonged. that's why t- the sapper job is such a solitary job. You know, he, he, does, he does need help from people, but he's, he's kind of on his own at the same time. And uh, he, he, t- he described like not sort
0: of forming relationships with the other sappers because they would just die
2: all the time. Yeah. Like halfway through training, his teacher dies.
1: Yeah, and uh, the... And the assistant. The, the lady so assistant. So they really shouldn't
2: be standing so close.
1: But you needed people to hand you tools or to take things away, because the bomb... Not only is the, It's not like just a bomb sitting on the middle of the road. It's like in a crater, usually. Yeah. You know, because it's a 4,000-pound fucking thing that fell out of the sky. So it's in a hole. And there's a part where Kip has to like lower a down bomb. On a rope. Yeah, he's like in a well... You know, and it's like wet and muddy and disgusting, and he has to figure all that shit out. But also, at the end of the book, he like runs away when he finds out that they bombed Japan. Hiroshima. Yeah, when he finds out about the atomic bombs, and he's... that bomb is him. too
2: big to defuse.
1: <laughs> maybe, maybe that he's like, oh, I'm out of work. <laughs> shit.
2: <laughs> God damn it! But before he leaves, he spends a lot of time with Hannah. He gets to know her. Quality time. Quality time.
1: But like weird time. Like they don't talk. They just bang. But then like hug. It's like they're they're fucking damaged, which I guess, you know, the, the war would do that to you. Yeah. They're just sitting there. The complete just, destruction fork. of the earth is going to fuck up relationships. It's not a seahorse dick. He just whips that out. Maybe the English patient was hung like a seahorse. It's like so not at all. Really? is a penis. It's a micropenis. <laughs> it's a micropenis that's also kind of ribbed looking. Sounds really terrible. So then that's... I mean, that's kind of it, everything, except when we find out what the true identity of the English patient is. And then you find out and you're like, all right, whatever. I didn't really care. I didn't care. <laughs> yeah. it, didn't, yeah. it didn't mean anything to me at the
2: beginning. It's its not going to mean anything to me now.
1: Because it, so, didn't, it didn't matter yeah,
0: so as in
2: as the it, plot. As it
0: turns out, no, as it turns out that um, Caravaggio, because he was a spy, he had heard about some of these other spies and he heard about like some of the people, some some... Other British spy that had died in the desert, and turns out it was the husband who killed himself of the woman that uh, he was that the English patient was fucking, and that this dude wasn't actually English at all, though he had gone to English board, boarding school. That's why he can speak English with a proper English accent, but he's actually German. He was actually was Hungarian.
1: Hungarian.
0: Hungarian. Well, whatever you know. It's,
2: it's, it's like, Kraut adjacent. <laughs> kraut adjacent. That's something please. I would say, Nate. That Congrats. is a I know. His name is like Al-, Al Masi. Laszlo, which is the only Hungarian name there is. They're all named Laszlo.
1: Laszlo, like four different accents facing different directions on top of it, <laughs> one underneath
2: somehow. I know he's Lasz Laszlo the Hungarian, and he was kind of working with the Germans, but he kind of just was like a desert guy that helped them. But he just because like the desert a lot. He wasn't, like a, he wasn't, like, into being a Nazi. He didn't think it was cool. He just happened to do it good.
1: I think he was just... An, uh, was he, like, an opportunist? It, like, it served his purpose
2: to help them at that time? They might have what? made him. They were a coercive people. We have ways of making you talk. <laughs> uh, speaking of which, one of those is, is beer. beer. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that is kind of how they do it later. When they gave him the Brompton Cocktail. What was the Brompton cocktail what? again? <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. At the end, when Caravaggio is uh, getting him to fess up about who he really is and his story, he gives him, some, oh, yeah, him the Brompton and him cocktail. Out. It was alcohol and morphine, as though morphine wasn't enough. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, well, both of them are doing a lot of morphine at the end. Anyway, this beer is called is a Sloop Simcoe Bomb, New England IPA, and it is a 6.5% alcohol brewed with Simcoe. I want to say these are, this is the closest thing we've ever had to two different beers that are exactly the same except for the hops. And it's a single hop for each one.
2: And you're our only judge, Nate, so you have to really describe them for us. Don't fuck
0: it up. <laughs> I would say, I mean, this is also very good. I would say this is fruitier. Uh, that is my explanation. Wait, let me try the other one at the same time. Uh. Science. Yeah, the mosaic is pioneer and Simcoe is fruity. Can you
2: put how put, I would put the it. microphone down and just pour them both into your mouth at the same time? <laughs> <laughs> I don't. You mean I don't think that's going to help anything. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> this is for science, Nate. He's doing it. I respect you very much. Let us know how it goes. Just double team your mouth with beer. <laughs>
0: My mouth isn't big enough, so it's just pouring out. It was so
1: <laughs> weird watching Nate like jerk them at the same time. It's like he's done this before. Yeah, I didn't ask you to do that. Stop cup. There's not, I don't. What are you cupping underneath that can? It's. It's not like it has balls. Now he's just sprinkling the beer on his face, and he's like, "I finished."
2: Pinky's up though. I respect that. <laughs> he's British. I'm English.
0: That's, oh yeah, that's what the English patient would do. Teacup style. If his fingers mm, haven't no. been so, burned off, I don't know. If I had to pick one of these, I would probably go with the Simcoe one.
1: So my research tells me that Mosaic is a hybrid of Simcoe and some other shit. So they are similar hops. Okay.
2: If you say so. I have no idea.
1: I've, I've consulted many of the internet. Many of it. So in the end... Oh, yeah. You find out that he's a fucking Hungarian count and he fucked a dead lady
2: in a cave... And okay. also, he swallowed her menstrual blood. They mentioned that explicitly. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Everything that's, else that's... in this book is very vaguely defined, and you're not sure what's going on. But he made sure to say the explicit phrase, I swallowed her menstrual blood. Well, that's how you say I love you in Hungarian. I mean, it might be. I don't know any Hungarian people. <laughs> I don't want to go there now.
1: <laughs> 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 it's like shaking hands over there, practically. <laughs> no, Just God. all the time. Like, uh-oh. uh Yeah
2: and then it, it turns out so that the, the guy, guy leaves and you know in the end the english agent <laughs> doesn't even they don't say that he even dies oh he definitely dies because he I should mean, have he died a, he should have died a long time ago he was like a piece of leather that could talk like it was pretty gross whatever was left of him was she just like chewing up food and spitting into his mouth i don't know if he could like even function wasn't she doing that? like wasn't she like
1: baby birding food to him at one point
0: yeah, no, That with the with the plums in the beginning. Yeah, he was, was chewing it up and putting it in his mouth. And he was like,
1: could you just mix a little menstrual blood in with this?
2: This is it's a little dry. Uh, there's not enough copper in this.
0: <laughs> iron. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you're probably right. Uh, Nate,
1: what do you know? <laughs> <laughs> you knew that right away, too. Everyone knows you drink menstrual red. blood for blood the iron. It's <laughs> red
0: because it has iron in it. <laughs>
1: He's like, I like my pussy medium rare, <laughs> bloody.
2: <laughs> just, that's just rare at that point.
1: <laughs> like cunt tartar. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh my
2: God. I hate. I hate that. I hate that's a phrase that I know now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> too bad God. I'm definitely cutting all of oh, this. No, no I'm, you I'm can't leave, cut I'm this out. I'm leaving that in
2: because they have to know too.
1: <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing like, partic- in the scheme of things we've said. It's, it's offensive to human decency, but it's not really. <laughs> it's not offensive to any one
2: person or group. It's offensive to just taste <laughs> because of the taste. <laughs> Look <laughs> <of a> <laughs> oh, oh, <shit>. <laughs> oh dear god. What are we doing here? So the book ends uh the seat guy is as fl- an epilogue is like a flash forward to the the to Kip and he's got like well, a first family. He, he
1: drives away on a motorcycle and then like crashes off a bridge. Okay, he falls <laughs> off a bridge or some shit because it's slippery. <laughs> slippery when wet. But then he's just he's just like fucking living on a
2: prayer after that, and he's just like whatever. <laughs> and then he, he's got a family back home, and uh, they don't really describe what happens to uh, any of the other people, which I guess. And he thinks about Hannah every once in a while. Like, what happened to that bitch? I used to bang that. Oh, on. she was so
1: pale. Yeah. And now, now I don't bang there, and that's kind of it. Like the English patient probably dies. Caravaggio goes on being a junkie, and Hannah. I think she went back to Canada. So, okay, here's a question.
0: Considering this, is, this was the favorite Booker winner of all time last year,
2: why do people like this? I think it makes people feel smart when they read it. It definitely feels like that kind of a book. Like it's all, it's like borderline poetry at, so, at certain times, but it never really crosses the gap fully. And so it makes you feel like, ooh, this is interesting and you know, mystical. Prose, it's a very so... prosy.
1: It is beautifully written at passages.
2: So
0: it is also it's because of the language for sure, but also I want to say just like the reason why people like War and Peace, even though it's not good, is because of the romance. The romance. I don't know. I mean, it wasn't me, but
2: that's my guess. I was a hundred percent. You were going to say bragging rights there.
1: <laughs> okay, that <laughs> that might is be a too. reason
2: to like War and Peace. Is there a? I guess there is. I guess there's some romance in War and Peace. I never thought about it but yeah. I mean this is basic this well, this book yeah. is kind of like a romance but where like no two people really love each other very much. Well, that's what war does to you, man. Yeah, um, also the other thing I read was like, you know, the villa is a metaphor for, you know, protecting them from this war that's going on, but the walls are crumbling so the barriers are breaking down. I was like, sure, I guess. Sometimes I'm not sure how people come up with all these metaphors in I books. think
1: because at a certain point, you could just, if you're clever, you could say whatever you want, and then someone has to kind of go like, yeah, I guess that too. You know, you can't be wrong.
2: Yeah. I, yeah, it really just comes down to, can you justify the thing you made up? And you could almost always. It was like when I took this class at, uh, in college. The, cl- the class was about um, jazz solos. We would go through, they gave us a chart. And they said, "Okay, here they they transcribed this guy's uh, like a Charlie Parker solo, some shit." It's like, "Oh, you see, well, he, in this in this little string of things where he's going, <singing> oh, is that a uh, Moose <sighs> the Mooch? I know that song." So you see here, he's scrap. All, that's not a Charlie Parker tune. Scrap. Oh, uh, that, that was uh, <laughs> Giant Steps. <sighs> they played all of them. But they would say, like, well you see here he's implying the chords from three bars later by hinting at them through the tensions of this. And it's like No, he's not. Is he's he? Definitely not doing that. Is he really? He was dying of heroin. <laughs> of heroin. And he did these things. He was just playing songs. And we can justify it the f- you know, after the fact, so we can say, Okay, I can see that, but like in the second that he's doing that. Does that mean he was planning this intricately? It's impossible. And like books like this, you think, was he saying this villa is a metaphor for the shelter during a war? I mean, it's possible, yes. But I also feel like a lot oh, of yeah. these fucking things people find after the fact. Rarely. And the author never says, and like, yeah, that's true.
1: So usually the authors that weigh in are shitheads who didn't have anything to say. Like when J.K. Rowling's like, uh, actually, guys, Dumbledore was gay like when they need to chime in after the fact that's,
2: yeah, but that, true. that's that's not even a that 's not even like a fucking metaphor or anything that 's like a different thing. This is like well, yes, of course, this was representative of blah 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 blah. I would buy but an like, argument
1: that the villa i mean it's the villa possible. could be a metaphor for the disintegration of the old world order because it 's kind of like this renaissance-y villa that has you know frescoes and shit on the walls and old books. And that's all decaying. Well, I could see that.
2: Yeah, that definitely. A thing, possibly. It's 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 certainly possible. I just sometimes I find it hard to believe that the, the metaphors people ascribe to books like this, especially where it's like this, where like it seems like it's so heavily late. Sometimes all you have to do is make it seem like there's a lot of symbolism, and people will just ascribe their own symbols to it, and, and you'd be like,
1: maybe. And you can't disprove it.
2: They don't have to mean Unless anything. The author people comes just get out what and they says, want from it. Right. Well, isn't that postmodern
1: literary theory? Like, you know, if you could, if you could find it in the book, then it's there. And that kind of how that works. No, be like, I think this. I think the English patient is a giant commentary on colonialism. People are like, yes, yes, it is.
2: I mean, you could even you could easily say that about well, this
1: somewhere very close
0: to the end. the Kerple c- saying, you know, Kip was going to like shoot the English patient. Because he was British, and he's like you, fucking British. Said, this bastard. is what the
2: West has done to Asia because they like, bombed yeah, Japan. He's
1: like, and he's what? He's like mad at imperialism. It's like, dude, do you know who dropped those bombs? It wasn't the English or the Hungarian. You know, you dope. <laughs> so as I was
0: reading, what I wrote down is the the words I wrote down were wistful and nostalgic.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Because that was like the tone of the whole book. I'd say half this book took place in flashbacks, if not more.
0: Sounds about right. And my criticism of the book is that it overly romanticized World War II, which is a very like common thing that happens in a lot of pop culture and literature in movies and stuff. Because really... It must have been an awful time. It was a fucking nightmare. It was the worst time in the world history. It must have been awful, but yet it seems so cool. Not, or not cool. It seems so exciting.
2: I mean, I think anybody that lived through it doesn't write shit like this. Anybody that lived through it says, like, this was the worst time in the world. And, yeah. and now it's, you know, most people that, are st- that were there for it are either almost dead or already dead. So, yeah, you'd be quite old at this point. Yeah, you had to be in your 80s if you're if you were, if you were really a child, young during it. Yeah, more like there's 90s. no there's no one to say otherwise to a certain but extent.
1: But this but this out in the early 90s, and there was a whole bunch. I mean, I don't know if it ever really stopped happening, but there was a whole bunch of World War II shit in the 90s when it was the yeah. 50th anniversary of D-Day, the no. Saving yeah. Private Ryan. But there were a ton of World War II movies and World War II. Books. Well, it's
2: also it's also totally different for. Us here because we're Americans and we did not really bear the brunt of the destruction of World War II. So for us, it was just everybody going abroad and kicking those fucking Nazi asses. Right in the dick. Yeah. Seahorse dicks. So, I mean, aside from like knowing someone like a grandparent or like knowing someone who went to war and died over there, we didn't live through like the destruction of our country. So we have a very different viewpoint of it. Well, this author is fucking Canadian Sri Lankan or something.
1: Yeah, he was born in Sri Lanka, and then he emigrated to Canada. I'm not sure. Yeah, he, I, think, I, think he, I think he's a he halfie. Like, he's a halfie, yeah. Yeah. Half his last line. name
2: is like Dutch or something. So, I don't know. He's some kind of weird United Nations of Person kind of guy. I don't know. Ondaatje? 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 I don't know.
1: I have no idea how to say his name. I don't think any I, of us do. I, I heard Charlie Rose say it was like Undachi, is what he said. But he said it fast and then moved right along. And then it was like, it's, it's over. Let's get back and to the question.
2: And then he made his assistant watch him masturbate in his hotel room.
1: Yes. Jersey, you know those. Same episode. <laughs> <laughs>
2: you know those. Um, Remember
1: those Stefan on Saturday Night Live? The, oh, the, the gay guy. I mean, yeah. Like the gay guy with the clubs. Club is called Yank. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this club has everything. In one of those things, like this club has everything. It has glitter, it has Slurpees, the table from Charlie Rose. And so <laughs> every, I just couldn't help but think of that, watching this stupid clip.
2: <laughs> Did you actually watch it, like a talk with this guy? I
1: watched about a minute and a half, and I, was like, I don't he's need re- to hear... He's other
2: things, but I couldn't tell you a single other thing he's done.
1: Yeah, I'm sure they're
2: all very critically acclaimed and... Probably he seems really like great. Uh, he seems like a the kind of guy that critics uh jack each other off over,
1: oh yeah, yeah, I mean, I could see why it's a claim it's I think it's a book that if you like that sort of like detective element of reading a book and like what is he saying, what is this really about? This is a book that you could spend a lot of time in doing that with, like what does the desert represent what is The fact that the guy has no thumbs represent. (laughs) Like, why is he a Sikh? Why not just like a fucking random Indian guy? Like, why is he specifically Sikh? Does that mean something? Does the name Hannah have a meaning? Like, you know, is there like a mythological medieval character? I'm sure you can get balls deep into that with this. And probably a lot of it does have meaning. I can't imagine it was accidental. You know, it was very purposeful, all the crap you put into the book. I just don't, I don't like to read for that, so I really didn't enjoy it. I have no idea why this was the favorite Booker winner. None. Maybe they were just tired of giving those awards to Midnight's Children, because that won the last couple times they did one of those, like, best of the Booker things. Salman Rushdie. Oh, okay. Um, book about uh, Indian independence and also weird magical realism stuff. Didn't like that book either. One day we'll probably have to do it. But it was weird. Yeah. Because that, that's the one that won the Booker of Bookers when they had, I think, 40 winners. And when they had 25 winners or something like that, they did the same thing. And they, that won the last two times. So it was kind of an upset that that didn't even make the short list. And then uh,
2: English Patient won. I, I don't know. Who got, to, who got to vote in this poll? that made this the Booker Booker? Because it was like, everybody? No. If it was just like an online poll, it would be like, yeah, of course they voted for this. It's the only one at regular people I've ever even fucking heard of. But is it just like people who normally vote for the Booker? Uh, they always have like a panel. They
1: make a panel of people. So it was just the panel that voted? Yeah, and it's fucking, you know, random book nerds, you know, like professors
2: or authors or something. It just—it just seems like this is the kind of book that it was written vaguely enough, not necessarily f- so that, but it just ended up being so that people could take what they wanted from it, and like it was so heavily laden with metaphors that you feel like everything's a metaphor. It's like, oh, it's so interesting and deep, but maybe it wasn't. It might not have been,
1: <laughs> or
2: maybe was- he just like I got away with it. Gotcha, bitch. (laughs) Yeah, I was like, ah, I fucking fooled those fucking nerds. I don't know. I don't know. No, I'm I'm sure he thinks he's the shit. He seems like the kind of guy who would call himself a guru or some shit. Uh, Artist.
1: Yeah, I'm looking up uh, on the venerable Wikipedia. I don't know. He's an old bastard now. He was born in, back when it was still called Ceylon. (laughs) Uh let me what that. Means. He's 76. I mean, he was an older dude. He was in his 40s when he wrote this book. No, he's like almost 50 when he wrote this book. He's I don't know, he's seen some shit, I guess.
2: Well, you know. Sure. Yeah, I'm I'm sure he's seen I'm sure he's like a nice guy. I'm sure he's written some good stuff. He's he's a good writer. I just don't understand how this could win the award of awards. And yeah. I'm not, I, I'm not someone who think necessarily thinks that like making something when an award makes it a good thing or a better than other things, necessarily. But, like, everyone fucking sucks this book off. Yeah. Or really sucks the book. Honestly, everyone loves the movie. I'm going to guess that almost no one that loves the movie. Except Elaine. Re- yeah, except <laughs> Elaine. I'm going to guess that most people have seen the movie and never read the book.
1: That's probably true. It's a, there's There's an overlap in book nerds and artsy film nerds,
2: but they're not necessarily the same population. I'm not sorry I read it, so I can see I, I finally fucking read it. I'm not going to watch the movie now, because I know if it's based on this, it's, I'm, I'm not going to waste that time.
1: It's like a three-hour but, hour movie.
2: Oh, fuck. Three hours. Jesus. No.
1: One hour for every inch of seahorse dick.
2: I think you're overestimating the size of seahorses. Oh, aren't they hung like horses? Like, I don't understand. <laughs> <Did it. laughs> I mean, I think you're, you're thinking <laughs> of the whole seahorse tail and just considering it a dick, but it's not. It's just their tail. Uh, it's like a prehensile dick. <laughs> Does it have a cartil- cartilaginous <laughs> sheath? <laughs>
1: uh,
2: it doesn't have a sheath. It's not a bear. <laughs> Don't just learn about books here. Also, about animal penises. <laughs> and things that might be metaphors for animal penises. Maybe that was what the whole book was about. It's about the plight of the seahorse dick. They gave it to us on page two And they just expected us to pick it up after that And they didn't, we, we didn't we did. We we and that was the big, that's it. how he got away with it I like made them read the rest of that bullshit But it was really
1: just about a seahorse cock And they read the rest of that book Those schmucks <laughs> And they gave me an award <laughs> <laughs> Tell us what you thought <laughs> Send us an email to DrunkGuysBookClub at gmail.com Follow us on Twitter at DrunkGuysBC
2: Or go to Facebook and Instagram at DrunkGuysBookClub
1: and if you've listened this long, don't wait till you're covered in third degree third degree burns to leave us a review. Just you uh, might die. Yeah, you'll <laughs> you'll almost certainly die from that. Uh, just you know, leave us a review and a rating wherever you're listening, and and round up to five stars if you can. One for each uh, each time we talked about seahorse cock this episode. And uh, check out the Hopped Up Network, a network of independent beer, beer
0: podcasters. And thanks for listening.